Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pucks on the Dasher, a hockey podcast. I'm your host, Adam Glass, and with me, as always, my co-host, Tyler Hebner. Fuck the Montreal Canadiens. Wow. He's going right out. Okay, we were going to do draft stuff right away, so that's perfect, because uh, we are, have too much crap to talk about, so <laughs> no uh, what we've been playing or anything. Oh, you don't uh, want to yeah. ramble for 15 minutes about superheroes again, like you do every every week? Uh, oh, fantastic! This is gonna be the, the no. Best I haven't seen. I haven't seen Thor: well, Love and Thunder I yet. Care. So I don't care. wait, wait for that I next week. Maybe. I don't care about any of this. <laughs> I know you cared about the draft this year, and just in case somebody's listening for the first time, and thank you if you are. <laughs> Tyler, why are you mad about the draft from a personal perspective? Well, because I, I tanked an entire uh, fantasy hockey <laughs> season. Well, I didn't. Okay, I didn't tank. You didn't but, know. You had a bad luck fantasy hockey season. Like the yes. ultimate bad luck fantasy hockey season. And I was like, it's okay because I can win a consolation tournament. And I purposely didn't sell my team off in order to win it. Um, which probably cost me draft picks, I would assume. And um, the guy I was trying to get is uh, didn't even go first overall. And now I'm not even considering taking him anymore. It's, uh, it's rough. It's a rough Yes. Game. So a little further explanation in our points league um it goes by it's head-to-head and it's obviously based on your um head-to-head total at the end of the season which usually ends up in a lot of tiebreakers um but in total points tyler would have made the playoffs um because that is ranked because it is a points-based league um but he had a losing record so he missed the playoffs and then he also had to win a consolation round um to get the first overall pick which is a recent thing i think as of last year right it's been a couple years maybe now, two years yeah um in that pool uh and he managed he basically walked into the first overall pick uh in the consolation round and was so happy potentially to get a first overall shane wright to the montreal canadians and he got my, a <laughs> shane wright fourth overall to the seattle crack my first time picking first overall in like eight years Oh, um, and now you actually like went from being like, oh, this is going to be no pressure. I know who I'm taking to yeah. being like, oh, my God, I have to actually wait. You pr- you basically have to wait until keepers are decided before yep. you can really look at it. Yep. Um, <laughs> Tyler, how could I interest you in a Taylor Hall for Super Bowl? Jeez, no. God, no. I will give yeah. you Taylor Hall for your first overall pick. I will not be accepting that. What I would you, player. okay, on the podcast right now, what would you charge me to trade up? What what overall are you? I don't know. Honestly, it doesn't even matter. It would be Eight, next maybe? year's. It would be no, this I got to be higher than that. Like five, maybe? It would be this year's first and next year's first. No matter where you no, are No, not this doing year. that. No. Yeah. No. 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 Well, that's what if it would I, cost. I don't think, I don't think I'm going to be the worst team next season based on some of my keepers, um, but I can't run the risk of not getting Bedard. Yeah, I know. This, this is the conundrum I have. I have put myself in i don't think i'm you know, i don't think i'm selling myself down the river and saying like i'm probably not going to be able to move this pick for solid value unless someone's just really low on a player who gets traded or something like that so yeah there's there's just not unless somebody really really okay well let's start going through the draft then okay let's do um it. so obviously you're went first he is the i believe first slovakian player ever selected first overall correct uh, yes. He's by far the highest Slovakian player ever selected. I think Gabrik was previous highest, right? Yeah. Like he was like fourth or, four or, or fifth. Something? Yeah. And then yeah. Nemec, who went second, was now, yeah. is now the second highest. <laughs> Nemec went second. So two Slovaks going one, two. 
Um, so obviously Shane Wright has now gone down to three and then the Arizona Coyotes got the guy that everybody basically said they wanted regardless of where they were picking. Um, that was Logan Cooley. So Shane Wright <laughs> dropped into the, like, honestly, Tyler, as soon as I saw the crack when we're going to get Shane Wright, I'm like, Oh fuck. I might have a new favorite West coast team. <laughs> cause damn, I like the Aquafresh jerseys cause they're kind of ugly, but fun. And that like, it's the Kraken hat that gets me. I like the S logo hats. Um, I disagree with all of that, but sure. You got right, so now you have right and Benier's um, as your one-two or one-one or two-two, however you want to look at it. I think it's it. one-two. I think Matty Benier's is the number one center there, but that's just me. But that's fine because if Shane Wright is that like quote-unquote Bergeron type Barkov yep. type center, then that actually works out ideally. Uh-huh. I mean, if he turns into even a Ryan Kessler at his peak, that's going to be very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think without without the snarl, but yeah. Because sure. Cooley has higher upside, but is not. I don't think he's projected to. Like I, I think he has a lower floor. If that makes sense, he is what you would say is raw. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Nemich, um, Nemich at two actually, I think is gonna look being looked back on as probably one of the better players of the draft. Um, probably when it's all yeah. said and done. He's probably. a right defenseman, um, and his projections um, in his analytics uh, were very good. Yep, uh, and better than Slavkovsky and. Not as good as Shane Wright. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the Philly uh, Philadelphia Flyers have decided to change their entire culture, um, as we'll look at later in signings, I guess. If that's oh, I guess that's probably not in the books yet, right? Officially, no, it's, it's there. Yep. Is it? They've okay. announced it. Yep. Are we um, done with so, the draft already? No, no, no. Oh, okay, good. The Flyers took Cutter Gauthier, uh, mm-hmm. fifth overall. I don't have any thoughts on this guy. What about you? Other than his name is Cutter. He's been a, he's him. a high riser, that's for sure. Uh, he he's either gonna go one of two ways. It's either like a Matt Kachuk type pick where we're like, oh, or a Brady Kachuk pick where it's like, oh, okay, like they they raised up on a guy who we all didn't think was this good and it worked out. Or this is Lawson Krauss. Yeah. Um, there's really no in between. Like he's kind of that same type of player, right? Like a big. Um, you know, a big power forward winger. Uh, the type that generally at this high, like Rick Nash might be the exception, but he wasn't necessarily a power forward as in like a, he didn't knock guys over and stuff. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he was just a sniper from the wing. And he was big, but yeah. And he was big. Yeah. Uh, so at six, uh, so this is the pick that the Blue Jackets got in the Seth Jones deal. <laughs> and they picked, yeah, and they, they picked, picked a really David. good player. Uh, Yurisek, who uh, projects out to be a very good defenseman, uh, he is also right D, which, mm-hmm. uh, as you find out in this league, is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Blue Jackets exceedingly happy there, and it sounds like they were willing to move that pick for a plethora of different reasons, but just didn't find something that seemed, well, basically when he fell to them, I think that made a big difference too. Yeah. Uh, okay, next up, number seven. Uh, the Blackhawks selected Kevin Korchinski. The Blackhawks picked seventh overall. How did that happen? How did that happen? Um, we're going to talk about a trade here. And <laughs> um, uh, so the theme of this podcast, Tyler, specifically, we never do this, but I was going to, we're going to bring this up a lot, um, is going to be asset management. Yeah. <laughs> um, and one team who decided that asset management mattered not, and they were just going to cut all the cables on the elevator and get his bottom as soon as possible, uh, is the Chicago Blackhawks um, going full Chicago Cubs um, here and just 
not even they traded Alex Jabrinkov for the Ottawa Senators for well Kevin Korchinski, who's not projected to be anything amazing. Uh, well, second round, well, yeah, but like compared to some of the guys they left on the board, notably compared, I would say Buffalo's pick. Compared to Yurichek, that like there's a there is a teardrop there. Yeah, hundred like, percent. But. There's a few guys that I'm literally looking at going like a few picks later that I a, a few different guys that I would have been like I would have taken all of them. Korchinski is another like really raw like a like really raw defensive player, but he's like really good offensively. Um, but the Blackhawks also obviously aren't looking to be anything but shitty for at least three years by given everything they've done today. Um, and recently, so but to bring Cat to the Senators, like that's a hell of a pickup for Ottawa for a yeah. one, two, and a third. Yeah. Like, dear God, how is that the best offer? There's no way that makes no sense to me that that would be the best offer. Yeah, I mean, like, is you it could purely because of the first this year, which apparently was something they were hot, hot after when it's they were a trading high, to bring Cat. It is a high first, right? A top like trading into the top ten is pretty rare. Yeah, I think this I... is a me- like you would want that first next year, man. Well, that's what you, you want. You yourself said. The best player in this draft is probably going to be outside the top three. Yeah, but it's not right. going to be Kevin Korchinski. I could see even their next pick that they traded to get maybe being that pick. Maybe, but uh, I uh, it for save for being lo- looking like an idiot um, in a couple of years. It's really hard to project prospects, and it is. I'm going to be. But... I just want to see the kid at least play a little bit, like. Again, we, we'll talk about a trade uh, upcoming of a defenseman who was at one point highly regarded and turned into like has turned into like essentially nothing. Like at that t- at that oh. time, it'll be time to like kind of uh, you know shoot the arrows, if you will, um, at the Blackhawks. But you're right. It, this is like DeBrincat did not get much more than Kevin Fiala, who didn't have a contract. And this guy's yeah. signed for another year, which is kind of weird. And where would you put, like, Debrinkat's what? Maybe, like, the fifth best goal scorer in the NHL? Like, top Ooh, 10 for uh, sure. Whoa. Yeah, but look at his stats, though, dude. 40s, 30s, almost a 50-goal yeah. pace in a shortened season. This he guy's one of the a, best goal scorers in the NHL. He is a good goal scorer, yes. He's a penalty. Yeah, but he penalty kills. Like, he's not a one-dimensional player, either. It depends. He might be undersized, but he's feisty. Like, I really... Like, Obviously, I've owned him in fantasy for a few years, so I've watched his games. Like he's like one of my favorite players in the NHL, to be honest. Like oh. he's fun to watch, man. Uh oh. What? Uh. No, did it happen on it the happened. podcast? Yeah. Do we have the full details yet? We have the full we... details, and they're not oh, very God. good. <laughs> oh. All right, we're gonna break a trade here. Uh, I guess one of we the have to. Times, one of the first times ever. It is now being reported. Um, by, by who? Elliot by Freeman. who? Elliot Friedman. Okay, okay. The, full the official deal Elliot is... Friedman Twitter, not like Elliot Friedman. <laughs> no, it's Elliot. It's I, I. I only follow the one. Um, <laughs> the Toronto Maple Leafs have officially traded for Matt Murray. Uh, okay. They are also receiving okay a t- uh, 2023 third round pick and a 2024 seventh round pick. So the Leafs are getting two picks and Matt Murray. Okay. For future considerations. Yep. The Sens are only retaining 25% of his salary. So what? So he that? is going to be, what is uh, 25% of $6 million? Would he be making around $4 million? Yes. So he is going to be making more than Peter Mrazek was making. But Mrazek was the backup? 
not he wasn't he wasn't signed to be the backup. No, I was signed to be insurance. This is this is um re, like we're gonna obviously have to see how this develops, and I'll keep an eye on it as we're continuing on here. But I was only gonna like this deal if Dubis I wanted fifty. It well the way I was gonna say it was the Sens retain 50%, trade him to another team who retains another 50% mm. and then trades him to the Leaf. So that way he is now a two, $2.5 million yeah. goalie. Because that's the val- like that's good value for Matt Murray. Matt, Matt Murray at $4 million, that's rough. Like they're almost, I think with this deal, like I don't think there's any way they bring in Samsonov unless well, he no, plays for like no a way. million. Right, but I think Samson is going to have a big enough market, um, and that, and again, we'll get into the goalie carousel in a bit. I I don't get it. I really hope they bring in someone else who can, like even, like I don't even know who's out there that could be this guy, but you're going to need someone That's who is just as, is it's going to need to be like Campbell and Mrazek was last year, where like you're like oh yeah either guy could carry the load. Just turns out Mrazek completely had just imploded for whatever reason. Um, you're going to need somebody like like that to who's going to come in and when Matt Murray eventually gets injured, um, take over the starting role. Like, this is not an upgrade over. J- this is not an upgrade over Jack Campbell, who I don't even really think is that good. That's rough. It's re- it's a really rough deal. <laughs> I I I don't. I, maybe this is the beginning to the end. Well, this feel? like. I don't know what like, you need to tell me what perspective to come at this from because I I got a billion different Win angles now. I could come at Win this now. from. Win now, you have to look at all the options on the board. Okay, take his name out of it. Okay, he is a two-time Stanley Cup winner with a nine eleven career save percentage in the NHL. Mm-hmm. If you are the Toronto Maple Leafs, what would be one big checkbox for a goalie for you? Playoff slash Stanley Cup experience. Okay, so you I, hit that I, one that, checkbox. That's not mine, but okay. I know, but I'm saying, but what are you probably looking for? Or what are the fans like? D- for me personally, this trade is just a trade. This is the Leafs and Kyle Dubas saying that we don't need and we don't care about goaltending. And I know this guy and I've had him before and he's won two Stanley Cups. And we think that we can fix him to at least be league average. And the Leafs had the 21st overall save percentage last year and were fourth overall in standings, Tyler. The, I, I agree. The Colorado Avalanche won a Stanley Cup with a 903 goalie. Yeah. Like, people are going to overreact to this. And I think it, like, it didn't make me feel good when I knew it was even rumored. But, like, it, what are your other options? That is the thing. Your other options are not good. And you're going to either give up too much or you're going to get somebody who's worse or terrible or you don't know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. The, you were your back was against the wall and you went with a guy that literally every single person in your organization from your head coach to your GM to the guy who runs your goaltending department knows like so it's the NHL way you do that mm-hmm. and Dubis is basically saying that this guy is going to get us there or it's me yeah that's what I... this is like there's no way if this goes horribly there's no way Kyle Dubas survives it and he knows that yeah yeah, you so, can't trade I the mean, first round pick to get rid of this guy. I, they got picks. I mean, I wish they would have at least got something or traded something back to dump. But I think he's still got a lot more work to do. Like, there's a lot of unqualified guys that I would like to see that team pick up. Yeah, but I don't four know. Four mil, like. 
They were able, okay, we haven't got there yet, but like they were able to dump Mrazic for like nothing basically and get rid of his full cap hit. So you added a million dollars in cap hit for your goaltending, plus whatever, whoever you get as a backup, I guess. But you got a guy who technically has won two Stanley Cups and is a 9 11 career. So but I don't. Does that matter? Does that it, really matter? But you have to have a goalie, Tyler. And who's yes. like, you tell me right now who else they should have gotten? Mackenzie Blackwood. So a guy who's on a long-term contract who is obviously not good in the room and is kind of a weird guy. Like, I don't think that was the answer. That would make me feel terrible because if it goes south, you're screwed. I don't think there's any indication. You could buy out this Matt Murray contract and you're out of it. I don't think there's any indication that he's, like, quote-unquote, bad in the room. I just think that there was some weird stuff that went on with COVID. And I think it's more he doesn't like the team anymore. And Mackenzie Blackwood is only signed for one year. He signed at one year for two point eight million, and then he's an RFA. So you have team control as well after that. Maybe they wanted too much. We don't know. I I may like sure. I just think that there's players like, but you could say that about anyone, right? I could say that about literally any other goalie. Maybe they want too much. Maybe the price range is that. Yeah, but that's what I mean. So yeah, but you're telling me to speculate on the other options on the board. I just have to basically analyze what I see in front of me, and this is the trade he made. Yeah, I. In terms of the player itself, like I, I would rather someone not old. I, I will agree that goaltending is weird, and that there is a realm of possibility where this works out for sure. Um, however, if I'm going to make bets on goaltending, I want it to be a guy who was recently good, like with what the Abs did with Kemper in the first place. Right? They traded. You know, they traded a pretty heavy prospect capital and and pick capital to get a guy who just had a really good season on a bad team. And I'd I'd rather not trade for a guy who has such a high salary point, who has a history of injuries and specifically leg injuries Um, for a goalie. That's not great. Um, He hasn't been able. I think he's played like 40 something games over the last two seasons, if I'm not mistaken. It's just it is a big risk and a big cap number. I don't mind big risk, low cap number, and I don't mind big cap number, no risk. Like, the, you can't do both. It, it's it's really strange for me to do both, and I just I would have liked to see more money retained. Like, if this was fifty percent retained, I, I I don't think I'd have as big of a problem with it. For he's making four point six million dollars. So that's, that'll that's be his current 25%. cap hit. That's his current cap hit. I'm looking at it on cap friendly right now. Four point six eight seven five. The, okay, hold on. So that where does that leave them with cap space then? Um, I mean, I imagine by the sounds of it, not very much. Is he on? The, he is on the injured reserve. On like they moved him to the Leafs page, but he's on injured reserve. So I don't think oh. we actually know. Because um, it says their projected cap space is six point three. Yeah. So you could go with that and assume that that's correct. Okay, so that means so there's like basically a million and change left in cap, and, and you need, need to resign Sandine, a goalie, and you have to resign a couple forwards, couple but Kasha they're gonna walk away from. Yeah, and Blackwood uh, Engvall, probably they too. Will, the Angvolo they'll qualify, and Sandine they're gonna qualify. Campbell's gone. The defense is pretty much good to go if you bring Sandine back. You need a for uh, you need a forward. Ideally, you want to set like a second line forward. That's ideally what you want, or it's what you should want, right? Yeah, that would be so. Basically, and what another they need goalie. To, so they're going to be trading probably a Justin Hole at two million somewhere. 
and maybe looking at moving it Alex Kerfoot at 3.5. Yeah. And I, I think Kerfoot's one of those player. guys would go in this deal, but yeah. But I was uh, really hoping Justin Hole would go, given the fact that DJ Smith is the coach in Ottawa. But you never know; this could still okay. happen. But anyways, that's the quick uh, that's a, that's the quick review of this. That's going to be the big news I think that happens while we record. So, anyways, back to what we're doing. You, we can circle back to it, but we might the, circle back to it later. But like, I don't need to do fourteen hours on a goalie that could go nine thirty next year or go eight fifty, and neither result would surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> Like he could, he could win the Vezina Trophy next year, or he could literally flame out in fourteen games and blow out his knee, and never, we'll never see him again. And I would be like, yeah, both things made sense to me, I guess. Yeah, I feel you. Uh, okay, eighth overall, uh, Red Wings, Marco Casper. I'll just, I'm just gonna go through, and you stop me unless I'm, I'm only gonna go into more stuff if we have like a trade. But if yeah. you want to talk about a guy, you let me know. Uh, I mean, Marco we could Kasper. just quickly stop on the team, like the Detroit picking a guy who people thought was going to go a little bit lower but they like him so it's just automatically a good pick like sure i feel like yeah this i saw a lot of people kind of poo-pooing this pick so man he's, um, he's but it's be okay. Iserman, so they just let it happen i guess yeah but it's it's a weird draft um okay this is a pick i do like though the Sabres got matthew savoy yeah um, who looks to be a good player uh, with some upside there, and he's a center, so that's good for them. Because uh, notably, they don't have a long-term center anymore. Yeah, Sabers have um, Sabers had a quietly pretty good draft, I would say overall. Yeah, good on Kevin Adams. Yeah, uh, and his team there. Uh, okay, at ten, the Anaheim Ducks, Pavel Meet Oh Minyukov. Minyukov. Oh, hold on. Pavel Minyukov. Mintyukov, yes. Mintyukov, okay. Don't know. I don't. I yeah, don't just keep going. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Next up, the Coyotes got a first round pick uh, from the San Jose Sharks, eleventh overall, and they traded away the twenty seventh pick uh, that was Carolina's, the second uh, in two seconds uh, that they had, and they, <clears throat> excuse me, they got Connor Geeky, who um, high upside here. I hear uh, uh, it's a lot of. That's a lot of draft capital to trade up. For they this really guy. wanted this guy, apparently. Yeah, but they had a, like if any team had extra draft capital to throw around, it was the Coyotes. I was a little surprised. That, well, there are some guys who are later who go in the late teens who I thought they were trading up to take, mm. um, and I was like, oh whoa, okay, this is weird, because um, he was kind of like a mid-teens guy and he he was off the board at eleven. So I was surprised by this one, but hey, whatever. Uh. Quick Matt Murray update. My phone has succumbed to the yeah. Matt Murray update. So that's um, how you know it's real. That's how I know it's real. I will look at all those messages later. <laughs> sure, they'll be great and positive. They are not. <laughs> um, okay, so the Blue Jackets, Denton Matejchuk. Sure. Uh, Another one of those offensive. Um, there, there was a lot of raw offensive defensemen um, who got drafted in this draft, like guys who, you know, put up good point totals so sure he was he sure he was that's about where he's supposed to go i mean and that's the blue jackets once again adding to their defensive prospect pool um yeah notably something they wanted to do so good for them i guess uh okay next up we have a double trade leading to a pick so we'll go through the first trade um and once again bring up asset management so the new york (laughs) islanders desperately needed a 
top four defensemen. Uh, if only they would have had one that just won a Stanley Cup. Um, if only they could have signed him to a long-term contract for not very much money. If only they wouldn't have traded away two second-round picks to get rid of Devon Taves. Uh, they could have instead not had to trade a 13th overall pick to the Montreal Canadiens to get Alexander Romanov, just his signing rights, mind you, and a fourth-round pick. Uh, and then the Canadians used that pick and flipped it over to the Chicago Blackhawks along with a third-round pick and picked up former uh, third overall yep. draft pick, Kirby Doc. Uh, so let's start with the Romanoff trade. Um, that's a hell of a pickup for the Canadians. <laughs> um, holy shit. He was a second-round pick, Tyler, and he's not exactly shown up and been some like insane man like taking over the league like what is going on here why would you ever do that like what this is why you don't let old people be your gm uh, yeah, that's insane be... because the guy who went with this pick is exactly the type of guy that the worst prospect base in the entire nhl could use this one's a weird one um i'm going to i think romanoff is definitely an nhl caliber player i just i actually don't think he's bad either but i don't think he's worth that pick i think yeah. you could have got a better player for that pick and, um, you know, he was obviously ruined a little bit by Descharm, I think, uh, in, in, in many ways. So oh, sure. We'll see. I mean, you know, anything can happen, but it's definitely a very high-risk move right, uh, right at this point, yes. Uh, okay, so the Canadians acquiring Kirby Doc. How do you feel about that? <sighs> Kirby Doc. So the value for this from a Chicago standpoint, again – asset management in mind like i kind of ignore the fact that he was a third overall pick i think that's just a bad draft pick but i think the blackhawks actually made out pretty well in terms of getting value back for him considering what he has been thus far um you know the blackhawks the blackhawks drafted him when they were they weren't good but he had every opportunity to play you know with good players uh, over the last three seasons, and he topped out at 26 points, uh, and yeah. that was last year. Yeah. So it, it's not been good. He did have a nice little stretch in 2020, uh, 2021. He had 10 points in 18 games. Like it was looking like it was coming together, and he's just been another like kind of guy who's been injured. There's question of questions about his like his size, and I've heard some stuff about work ethic that kind of are a little bit concerning. Um, do I <laughs> the thing is is you go and acquire a center who probably isn't as good as a guy you could have drafted, even if they yeah. didn't even if they took Cooley. Like I think both those players are probably better than than Kirby Doc. And then now you have a guy who is basically Gasperi Cock and Yemi at this point. Yep. Right? And like well, maybe even worse. <laughs> they're basi they're basically the same player. Um in, in many ways and my whole thing was like is kirby doc really going to be better than christian dvorak probably not right no. like it's there it's going to be rough and you're trading away like they could have very easily just used this pick and picked a and picked the guy who uh the blackhawks picked and people would have been like wow fantastic acquisition right now you've not only taken care of your number one left winger with Slavkovsky, but you, you've also drafted a number two center, yeah. probably not this year, but next year, or maybe the year after. 
Like the Frank Nazar is is a solid player. Uh, if like you said, that's what. Like if Ro if it was just Romanoff in the first, and they took Nazar, like I would have been like, wow, that is in like that is a hell of a trade. Yeah. But flipping that and adding another asset and getting Kirby Doc and uh, like, what are you saying is the Canadians here? Like that's what I don't understand. Are you saying that we want to be good next year, even though we don't really have anybody that makes you know what i mean like yeah. they don't even know if price is gonna play next year their starting goalie is gonna be what jake allen like well they're not well they're trying to trade him too but i it, get it's it it's not gonna be good like they're yeah, not gonna be good next so year they know why that. would you trade for kirby doc like this is a depressed asset you just wait for him for apparently them just not qualify him and then you freaking get him as a free agent for nothing yeah I, it's tough to this uh, is bad asset management after good asset management it's tough to it's tough to say I mean, like, we'll see. Again, let's give him a shot with, you know, everybody seems to think Martin St. Louis is some sort of, like, young player whisperer at this point. So, let's see. Let's see what he can do. Uh, well, we know we say when a player is good for 20 games that that's going to stay forever. Uh, okay, 14, Rutger McGrody to the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, I heard apparently this is good. And sure. I like that name. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Uh, Canucks, Jonathan Lecca. This is a Mackey. this is a good pick. They they literally ran up to the podium and just said this kid's name because I was shocked that he dropped dropped this low. This guy, this kid looks like he's going to be solid. Um, you know, a goal scoring winger. What what more can you ask for at number fifteen overall? Like even if he isn't exactly what you expect, like just another guy to put into your system with a, a team with two really good centers for a long period of time, like. This guy could come in and 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 be a running mate for them. Like the the Canucks got a really good player out of this one. Uh, I don't understand the Canucks connection to Sweden, but hey, we'll move on there. Whatever, it works. <laughs> it is pr tried and true. Whatever. Uh, okay. Next up, uh, we have the Buffalo Sabers drafting Noah Oslin. This is the pick that came from the Vegas Golden Knights for mm -hmm. Jack Eichel. Eichel. I've been I've been told this is a good pick. However, I've also seen some stuff from a person I follow on Twitter that projects prospects out to be NHLers and superstars that this guy maybe doesn't project to be the best player. Um, but people seem to like him. Apparently, he's really smart. I think this is the one of the guys I thought the Leafs were going to take because I thought he was going to drop a little bit. But I digress. Uh, okay, Predators 17, Joachim Kemmel absolute steal at 17 fantastic okay. wow uh, predators doing good stuff look at another them another like sick goal scoring like this guy i thought was going to go in the top 10 for sure and he dropped a 17 for seemingly no reason it's it's very strange that at first overall you have a goal scoring winger that went and a guy that's not even that proven he had worse numbers in the uh i, I think it was Finnish elite league that he was playing in than Kakaniemi did in his draft year season, yet these two goal scoring wingers drop so far for no reason. It, like Joachim Cavell should be a pretty solid player at some point. Um, you know, like him and him and Tolvanen, if Tolvanen ever figures it out, like they're filling their they're filling their their prospect pool with with young wingers and then just having those horrible centers 
continue mm-hmm. to live on the team. But, I mean, like, you have Tolvanen, you have Tomasino, you have, uh, what's the guy, uh, Janot, who had a pretty solid, or, yeah, Janot, right? Jano. Jano, sorry. Um, who had a pretty solid season. Like, they're looking good on the wings. Like, it's hard for me to ever say, oh, my God, Nashville's got a good forward. <laughs> yeah. But it seems to have happened um, with this pick. They have okay guys. A uh, guy yeah. we'll talk about later when we get to signings. Uh, one of those guys. Uh, okay, 18, Dallas, Dallas Stars, Leon Bischel. Yeah, this guy's Swiss? just a big defensive defenseman. Kind of a weird kind of a weird pick but okay uh next up the pick that went to the minnesota wild from the kevin fiala deal uh liam ogren left wing sweden yeah this is about where he was supposed to go i don't really have any more to say on him okay uh capitals 20 ivan morishenko mirishenko yeah there we go um first russian player picked um apparently pretty good if there wasn't the Ru- they what they kept calling the Russian factor on the broadcast, if if that Russian factor wasn't a thing um, anymore, he would have likely gone a lot higher than this. So, well, if there's any team that should be able to make that work yeah. for them, it should be the team that has Ovi. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next up, Pittsburgh at 21. Owen Pickering. No. No. Sure. Nothing? I don't have okay. anything to say until number 24. Just okay, uh, so next up, uh, this is the pick the Ducks acquired in the Hampus Lindholm deal. They picked Nathan Gauthier, or Goucher, Goucher? Goucher, I think it is, yeah. Goucher? Goucher, yeah. Uh, okay, 23, uh, Jimmy... Sn- <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jimmy Snug- Snuggerud. Snuggerud. Snuggerud? Yeah. Okay, his dad's Jimmy Snuggerud goes to the St. Louis Blues. I hope you are at least a good player that you get a jersey in the <laughs> That'd be cool. Uh, okay, 24, Tyler, Minnesota Wild, Dan- Danila Yurov. This kid was supposed to go a lot higher than this. Again, Russian, the Russian factor. He is really good. And nothing makes me more upset than when the Minnesota Wild do something good. And they had a pretty solid draft this year. Um, the Minnesota Wild are now back in my horrible books, for what it's worth. Um, but this, they, they had a really good first round this year. Uh, and this kid, if they can bring him over, or at least like hold his rights, kind of like they do with uh, Kaprizov, right? Where Kaprizov was drafted, and then he kind of just sat in their prospect pool until they were able to bring him over. Like he should be good. He should be pretty good. Okay. Uh, next up, we have the pick that was supposed to be for the Maple Leafs. Uh, that they traded to the Blackhawks to get the second round pick at 38. Uh, and the Blackhawks selected, selected Sam Rinzel. Mm-hmm. I have nothing more to say until number 30 and 31. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I figured you'd have something to say about 30. Um, yeah. Uh, Dubis notably said that they traded down, like they basically traded this pick because he didn't like any of the, all the guys that he wanted at this pick were gone. I wonder if the wild pick at 24 had anything to do with that. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Okay, next up to Foley. This is from the Foley deal. The Canadians acquired the Flames first, and they took Philip Massar. Uh, next up, we have... Oh, man, there's like... This is part of the Connor Geeky deal. Uh, the Sharks had the 27th pick that was originally Carolina's from the Christian Dvorak trade with the Coyotes. <laughs> Figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Philip Bystead um, from Sweden. Uh, 28, we have the Sabres. Uh, this is from the Sam Reinhardt trade, uh, taking Yuri Kulich. Uh, and then at 29, 
this is from a trade we haven't talked about yet. Uh, so let's talk about bad asset management again, Tyler. <laughs> uh, the, the Edmonton Oilers traded uh, <laughs> Zach Cassian and a first round, third round, and second round pick to the Coyotes. And all they got back was a first round pick um, hey. that was three spots lower than the pick they traded. All so they I, traded all... essentially a second and a third to dump Cassian. All I'm seeing here, Adam, is that uh, Zach Cassian was traded for a first round pick. And that's that's as far as I'm going to look oh, into okay. it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's true. And uh, Mrazik was dumped for only a first round pick and nothing else. And <laughs> no, that no. That was no. apparently a that bad trade. That was egregious. <laughs> that was an egregious That was mistake. egregious. But <laughs> Cassian going for way more with less money and less term uh, apparently <laughs> is a hell of a trade. Uh, okay. Uh, so the Coyotes selected Maverick Lamoureux. Uh, with that deal, I believe this is the pick where the mom and dad French kissed each other on camera or whatever, right? Jesus. Did you All see right. that? Nope. You didn't see that? No, I didn't. And I watched the entire draft. Open mouth French kiss on camera. Whatever. Hey. Weird uh, things have happened. Yeah. And then so everybody was like, oh, that's just how we kiss in French in Quebec. And I was like, okay, sure. Whatever. Yeah. People. Uh, okay. Next up at 30. Uh, this is the first overall pick the Winnipeg Jets acquired from the New York Rangers in the Andrew Kopp deal, uh, and they selected Brad Lambert, and I feel like you have thoughts on this. Yes. I, I, again, the Winnipeg Jets have given me no reason to like them anymore, but I do like, <laughs> I, I do like that they took a chance. This is very similar to, if you remember from last year, Aturati falling to the Islanders, right? Yep. Um, it's a kid who just for some reason has just completely fallen down the draft boards. And, and again, the reason why he's fallen, he's fallen down the draft boards is that his second, so sorry, his, his last season. So his draft year season was underwhelming compared to his, uh, his two year ago season. Um, and, and most people who project prospects like to see, you know, you building on every year up until you get drafted and then the year beyond that and then the year beyond that and you kind of just continue to grow. Um, that didn't happen for Brad Lambert for whatever reason. He's playing against men. Um, COVID probably is a thing. I think this is a great, um, you know, at 30 overall, fuck, you're taking a project of a guy who was once pretty highly touted and, you know, maybe just needs to you know, get to a better situation. Maybe they bring him over to the AHL or something like that. And, and you start to see some improvement. Like, I think there's a lot of realms of possibility where this could turn out. Um, and, and I like the risk taking, right? Like, fuck, might as well give him a shot. Okay. Uh, next up at 31, I'm sure Tyler was screaming somewhere. Uh, somehow Isaac Howard dropped the Tampa Bay yeah. lightning. I, <laughs> I watched this entire draft. <laughs> this, this guy entire... was probably like, what, top 15 or 10 in yes. analytic circles? He was definitely, uh, well, I think uh, top down, who is the prospect guy, had him at fifth, the fifth highest ranked pros prospect in this draft based on Maybe. analytics. Fell to the on... lightning at 31. Yeah. <laughs> this is might be one of the best picks in the draft. Again, I don't want to read to it because anything can happen with yeah. – you know, with but going to a system that just churns out late round picks to be NHL players, right? Um, this kid's got a lot of swag. He's very cocky. He's got a lot of ego, but um, 
he's a really good player. <laughs> he's he he looks to be pretty good. Um, and the the lightning might have stolen something, and I was calling it. I think where was where were we in the draft? When shit started to get really weird, I think it was. It was right after the Minnesota Wild. Howard kept like Howard was still on the board, and I was like, "Man, he's gonna fall." When the Wild to the... took Ogren at nineteen. When they took, uh, no, no, when that that was um, when they took Yurov at twenty. Yeah, when they took Yurov, I was like, right. "Fucking Isaac Howard is gonna drop to the Lightning." Like it happens every draft where like the good team of the of the last couple of years gets this like really good player drop to them, like. I remember when Debrinkit fell in drafts because he was too small and went yeah. to the when he went to the Blackhawks Black and I was like, oh yeah, here we fucking go. Now he's guaranteed to be a good player. Tyler Toffoli dropped in the draft to the Kings. Tanner Pearson dropped in the draft to the Kings, and I know, I remember that very fondly because he was a Barry Colt at the at the time, which is where I'm currently living. Um, yeah, it's. It happens every fucking year where like these guys drop to really good teams and, and they're not afraid to take them because they believe in their development system because they're good. It's crazy. Okay, uh, last of the last pick of the first round, which is all we're going to talk about, unless Tyler has some other picks he wants to mention. No. Um, the Edmonton <laughs> Oilers selected Reed Schaefer, and this is the pick they traded down as part of the Cassian deal. I don't know anything about Reed Schaefer. No, I don't either. There, okay. there are a few notable guys who went later in the second, but not enough for me to talk about. Like, we'll just kind of see. Yeah, you're the draft guy, so if you feel there's somebody we definitely need to talk about. The Kings got Jack there. Hughes in the second round, oh, okay. which yeah, uh, he, he left in New he's Jersey. He's good. Uh, he's in the NHL already, Tyler. That's good. <laughs> it's actually Kent Hughes' son, who I 100% thought they that the Montreal Canadiens were going to draft. I When they picked the Nazar, or uh, what was that guy's name? I think it was Nazar, wasn't it? No, the Canadians didn't take Mazar. No, M- Mesar. Phil, yeah. When they picked Mesar at 26, I was like, yo, this guy's definitely going to pick his son in the first round. And Appar- they didn't. <laughs> Apparently, he was chirping his dad, telling him if he didn't take him one overall, he wasn't going to talk to him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a good, that's the right mentality. I would literally be doing that for the rest of his life. I would remember be bringing when you didn't that pick up. Me first overall. Hey, Dad, remember that time when you had the first overall pick and you didn't take your son? Especially <laughs> if he's even like, imagine if he's like Slavkovsky does end up being a bust, and his kid even just ends up playing like 500 NHL games and is just a guy. Like that would be pretty funny. Hmm. Um, okay, do you want to go to trades or signings? Um. Let's finish the trades up since we've been going so far. Another breaking, well, not really breaking story, but something that's developing is Andy Strickland's reporting that David Perron is likely going to be going to free agency. Whoa. Because they're, they're, ca- they're cap-strapped unless they move Tarasenko, but that doesn't right. kind of I, – I wouldn't do that. I don't personally. think I would do that to sign David Perron as much no. as – as underrated as David Perron is. Yeah, he's going to go clean up somewhere and he is probably be bad again <laughs> like he did when he left yeah, the last time <laughs> that's true oh man uh david Prawn finally gonna get selected really high in fantasy circles and be shitty <laughs> yep that's how it goes with him man oh, i can't wait to see him go off the board in all my drafts now god um, all right okay. are we starting where are we we're starting on like um, july 8th i have and i'm skipping all these draft what about pick the trades. 7th you know we missed one because we didn't there's a trade on the 8th uh, or what the 7th this, yeah, what about the uh, the Avs and Rangers trade? 
Oh no, it's not. I didn't go back far enough. Hold oh on. my goodness, this is Wait, the most on. important one. I'm on the fourth to the eleventh. We're good. Okay. Okay, so you just skipped it all. Okay. First hey, up, uh, we have a blockbuster. We have uh, John Leonard in a third round pick going to the Predators for Luke. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> uh, which which transitions to news because Mike Greer was hired to be the Sharks general manager, and he is the first black general manager in league history so yay congrats to him but this is a shitty first move mike <laughs> yeah. actually i didn't see this trade until right now and i actually really like this for san jose okay fine john Tyler leonard john leonard go. is not well john leonard's right terrible but a third for i feel like he could have got coonan for nothing they have to sign him still i think he no i think he's an rfa oh is he yeah, yeah. they have to sign him then yes but he was an rfa for nashville okay fine Sure. Yeah, okay. but you're trading for signing rates. You have to get them under contract. And you will. Okay, I know you will, but you still have to, like, there's a variable you have to decide uh, on. So. All right. You don't know his cap hit, that's what I'm saying. If his cap mm -hmm. hits $4 million, then that it's trade looks different, doesn't it, Tyler? He's not a $4 million price. I, I know he's not, but what if they were just like, hey, screw you, Tyler, we're going to make this trade look shitty for you. Well, then they, okay, sure. That's not how RFA works, but that's fine. <laughs> Okay, just bring up what trade did you want to talk about? Bring it up. Let's go. I want to. You don't want to talk about this because this no, is the we'll trade. talk about it. This is the trade that the Leafs should have made, <laughs> and that is Alexander Gorgiev going from the New York Rangers to the Colorado Avalanche for a third, a fifth, and a third in 2023. Um, and then the Avs proceeded to sign him, which we will talk about later, um, to a uh, multi-year deal. These these are the type of moves you make. Um, as a winner, right? If you don't have a guy like Andre Vasilevsky, right, like the Tampa Bay Lightning do, you need to find goal t and you're you're already choosing to be cheap with your goaltending because you have such a dominant defensive unit. This is a great guy to bet on to be good, right? Get him in there. They're gonna pair him with Frank Hu, who is a solid backup, and just just let him go and see how he does. He's been good in stretches. He's been bad in stretches, but. You know, he's going to play behind Kale McCarr and Devin Taves. So how bad can it really be? I guess so. You don't like it? It's fine. They needed a goalie, and they don't care about goaltending. So they got a goalie. I mean, Do you remember sense. how many people didn't care about uh, – they didn't care for, I guess you could say, the uh, Darcy Kemper trade? Yeah, and Colorado proved our point by just like having a guy be back there and then yeah. ditching him the first chance they got. And, and Gorgiev is probably <laughs> better than a guy. I would say. Uh, I think I think he will. The fact that he's going to play all the time will actually mean a lot to him. He generally mm -hmm. played in better stretches when the guy who he was fighting for space with was hurt yeah. or out of for a while. And everybody's got name fatigue with Gorgia because he was supposed to be traded like two years ago. And talk yeah. about asset management; they could have a hundred percent gotten a first round pick for him two years ago. Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, speaking of, uh, I don't know what this is. Bad asset man. I don't know. The Red Wings got Huso for a third round pick. I don't know if that's bad asset management. Like the price is low. They they signed him and we'll talk about the signing soon. I just uh <laughs> I <laughs> Why do they need goalies right now when they have Casa in the system still? Oh, hey man, Nijelkovic is the goalie of the future. I don't even know why they're acquiring a backup. Yeah, that's at all, true. He is. Right, because he's so fucking good, right? And Carolina's so stupid for letting him go. Um yeah, I mean, I think I Eiserman is probably just saying like, "Hey, let's have two kind of like unheralded but decent goalies locked up pretty cheap so that when we do get good 
we don't have to worry about goaltending. Or they can pick one. Or they can pick one. Yeah. So in that sense, I think it's fine. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, another goalie gets moved. Uh, RFA, Vitek Vanasek gets moved to the Devils with a second-round pick, 46th overall, and the Capitals get the 37th overall second-round pick and a third-round pick. I don't the, get what the Capitals are doing. The second-round pick that the Capitals got, they grabbed Brian Chesley, who was supposed to be a first-round defenseman. So I like that. He's a name I know, at least. Vanacek was, Vanacek was nothing. He was. Nothing. I, I don't get what either. I don't get this straight from either team. I just he was specify. nothing. <laughs> he was nothing like two years ago. Like I, like less than Bennington, nothing. Right. So getting any value for him after yeah. having a couple of good seasons on a good team is great. What are the Capitals doing? They're they're clearing up space to get a goalie. That's what they're doing. Yeah, they're and... gonna be signing Kemper. I, I and maybe this is more just a philosophical thing. I don't if I'm any team, I don't I don't care who it is. I don't think they should be signing any of the goalies on free agency this year. They're all <laughs> trash. They're they're not. I would I wouldn't even have given Huso the deal he got. He got. I think you go and try and find. I I'm a big proponent now of cheap goaltending or draft a really good goalie in in the draft in like the first round. Right, like do one of those two things. Don't pay guys who had one or two good seasons, or a guy who has played forty freaking good games, like in, like Vanacek, and say, "Hey, you know what? Um, he could definitely do that on our team, which is much worse than the team he's coming to or or from." Sorry, uh, the Capitals are probably doing it correct in the sense that they're just like, "Hey, these two guys that we have aren't cutting it, and we're going to try something different, and we'll see what they end up doing." Like hopefully they don't sign Kemper for, you know, five to six million dollars because I think that's what he's probably going to go for. I think that's a mistake for any team unless it's a two-year deal. Anything longer than two years for Kemper at that money, I think, is a is a mistake. I don't care if you just want to cut. That means nothing to me. Okay, next up, very good asset management and confusing decisions uh, in the same trade. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes got a fourth, a third, and a second. For the signing rights to Tony D. Yeah. Um, what? So, what so is Philly even doing? I'm surprised that Carolina didn't want to bring him back at the deal he signed in Philly, which we'll talk about when we get to signings. Hey, Tyler. Just, Tyler, maybe they just couldn't put up with him for yeah, more than a season. He's really good, though. That's the problem. The problem is he's really good. But Evander Kane keeps getting jobs, too, right? We know that after, like... No matter how shitty these guys are, they're good at what they do, and teams are going to always take a shot on them. So, 100%. The NHL is a terrible place where they reward shitty people. I well, I it. think pro sports in general, I think, is like that. You see it in the football. You see it in well, basketball all the time. You know what, Tyler? Let's be honest. Um, I'm sure me and you both personally have worked with people who are very shitty, who have succeeded yeah. very well. <laughs> yep, for sure. I don't Absolutely. think we should limit it to sports even. Like I no, think this is a this is a systemic problem in the world, I would say. If we're looking at, again, player aside, and I we don't let's not pretend to know dressing room politics or anything like that. Like we don't really know the, anything that's not reported. I'm surprised Carolina didn't just keep him, but at the same time I think they got really good value back for a guy who they signed off the scrap heap for a million dollars. For nothing, yeah. And and now Carolina's got to go find someone to replace him which might be harder this time around than it was last year. Um, 
and I don't think it's Ethan Bear for for all intents and purposes. Um, Tyson Berry, baby. No, Carolina doesn't make moves like that. You Bring know? back Jake Gardner. I think his career is probably over, unfortunately. I thought he said he could play. If he can play, then they're, that's probably why they're letting D'Angelo go. I thought I heard he was going to be able to play this season. Oh, that's awesome. If that's the case, that's awesome. Uh, okay. Uh, are there any other Morazic? Notable... Uh, well, we kind of talked about that already. Yeah, Morazic got traded to the Blackhawks for a second. Yeah. Uh, full cap hit, no, no yeah. eating there. Yeah. So that's, that's which nice. I think is a horrible deal. Everybody's saying, "Oh, it's only so many picks." I, you made a horrible, horrible mistake, and you had to pay another first round pick to fix it. It's, I, I think it's, it's inexcusable. I don't care how big the pick difference is. It's the fact of the matter is, you gave up, you gave up a first round pick, and the likelihood of any player between number twenty five or overall and that number. 38 overall being better than the guy that they would have picked is pretty high. Well, I guess we'll see what happens, but it's they, they couldn't, I don't know, whatever. It is what it is, I guess. Yeah. I still was confused by that signing at the time, so <laughs> I guess that made sense. Um, okay. We got to move on here to our free agent signings or a signings in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of these will do quick hits. Um, some of these, because Lou dumped a bunch of signings, but thankfully we only need to talk about a few of them. Uh, okay. Uh, Casey to Smith, two years, $1.8 million to back up in Pittsburgh. That's fine. Whatever. Sure, yeah. It's not not a high, not so high that it will, um, that it will kill you now. Uh, okay, Adam Boquist, 21-year-old, right-hand defenseman, three years, $2.6 million. Fine, bridge deal. Yep, totally uh, they fine. Ton- they have tons of cap space. He's probably got some upside there. Uh, just keep him there, basically. By the time uh, the deal's done, he'll be about 24. So you'll pro- like it's not even really a bridge deal. It's like a, hey, do something. <laughs> like Poke him with a stick. Yeah. Are you going to do something? or? Like, because that's really where we're at with him. And it sucks because uh, Adam Rowinski, or sorry, Zach Rowinski is uh, is kind of blocking him from being potentially mm-hmm. what he could be. But I digress. Can't have enough puck movers, I guess. Okay. Uh, next up, 26-year-old left-hand defenseman Jacob Middleton. Three years, $2.450,000 million. <laughs> is that is that yeah. that? Um, yeah, I mean. Again, it a guy like who a lot kind of for a cap strap team to be honest. For I don't a team know if that it's... definitely doesn't need a defenseman, I feel like. I can't really No, this is an NHL defenseman, I think. He's uh... yeah, I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying that like does this mean that they're definitely moving Dumba now because they can't like, you know what I, I mean? Like they they yeah. still want to win and they re-signed as we'll find out uh Mark Andre Fleury. We haven't. That's not on this yeah. list yet, though. But soon. Um, I I don't hate it. it, it it's pro. I, I there's a pretty high possibility that he will play or play at that value for the three. Years. Yeah, but I just uh, okay, fine. Next. That's all 20, you can ask for. <laughs> yeah, twenty-three year old E two Luciterin, uh, one year or two years. That is not how you say that name, but okay. Luciterinen. Sorry. No. no. What? Luciterinen. Losterinen. Okay. The U is not there. Losterinen. No. Uh two years, one point five million. Fine. Fine. He's a kid. Yep. Uh okay. Tony D uh twenty six years old, two years, five million. Two years, fine. Yes, five million, fine. 
But Even if they like, gave him 10 years, but it was only 2 million, I'd be like, yeah, that's a lot. But still, it's only two years. So that's probably about how long you want him. I, I agree. I think it was a, uh, the Flyers could have done a lot worse than. Uh, okay. I'm interested to hear how you feel about this one. 25 year old Adrian Kempe, uh, four years, 5.5. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Uh, perfect amount of years, right? You're going to pay him until he's essentially 29. Yeah. And four is good. 5.5 is not going to kill you cap it wise. And at the end, I'm pretty convinced that this is his last deal as a king. Um, I don't think he, they'll be able to retain him. If all goes well, the kids that are below him will push him out of that top line role. And then he will turn into a second line winger, essentially. And at 5.5, that's exactly what you want there. So okay. if all goes well, you can move him between anywhere in the top six. And this is still a good deal, which is a good deal. All right, uh, 27-year-old Ville Huso, three years, 4.7500000 from that's a lot the of fucking Detroit money, man. Red Wings. That's that a lot of money. And that's more lot. than Nedeljkovic, who I didn't even like. I didn't like the 3 by 3 for Nedeljkovic either. And this is a guy who has been hot garbage up mm-hmm. until this year. Like, absolute hot garbage. He was bad, bad, bad. Um, is he really good? So my question is, are the Red Wings going to be good this season? Probably not, right? So he's probably not going to have great stats. And then you get to your, you know, your two and three, and it's like, what? Do you, what's the expectation? Is he splitting time with Huso, or is he splitting time with Nedeljkovic? Sorry, or are we done with Nedeljkovic now? Like, is this your starter? Because four point seven five is starter money. That's like Cal yeah. Peterson money, right? Um, yeah, I. T- uh, it seems a tad bit much to me. I think three by four would have been even better. Uh, but I was hoping somewhere in the threes for him. Okay, 23-year-old Robin Sallow, two years, 800000 with the New York Islanders. They also signed 26-year-old Sebastian Ajo to a $825,000 two-year deal. You miss some deals because you're only, look at, you're only looking at standard contracts. What did I? Oh, I did. Yeah, there's some 35 plus. plus. Yeah. Damn it. You missed three of them. I was going to give you a pass on the Cogliano one because I thought it also was dumb to talk about because it's like, oh, I forgot Latang. Latang and and Flurry, which I feel like are pretty notable. Uh, Okay, backing up. That's okay. I forgot about the olds because the New York or the NHL contract structure is effed. Sure. Uh, Cogliano, uh, one year, 1.25 with the Avs. Great. Fine. Ideal. Uh, okay, 35-year-old Chris Letang, uh, six years, uh, 6.1 million. Okay, so uh, what so I'm going to say... we know why he got six years, right? To lower the cap it. Yeah, but we know why they had to give him 36 million, right? Oh, no, I don't. Because the team notably was going to offer him four by nine in UFA. I see. Okay, so they so the Penguins were going to match how much money he was going to make, but they obviously could not give him nine, so they did a six by six instead. Uh, He is no chance going to play out even four years of this contract. (laughs) My thing is with this, and the uh, so I will say at first, this does not pass the smell test of the potted pod kind of is this contract good or bad right he's he's old it's too expensive and it's too long however the first three years of this deal are at a a steep discount compared to what he actually is like this is the number one defenseman he could have easily gotten nine mil a nine by three or nine by four in free agency i think would have been totally acceptable 
in in the sense of his value, just like straight, like he's a number one defenseman, power play quarterback, puts up the points, plays the defense, can carry a low, can carry the heavy minutes, doesn't get hurt all that much, all that stuff. I also looked at some analytics through Dom uh, on the athletic, and he kind of projects the rest of Latang's career similar to that of Dan Boyle at this time. Um, and now Dan Boyle in New York, when he went to the Rangers, was pretty bad, and that would be the back end of this deal. But Dan Boyle at his at the end in San Jose was really good, like really good. And I'm almost at the, to the point where if we're saying – if we keep Pittsburgh in mind as to what they're trying to do, let's win Crosby another cup. That that's the goal, right? We're not going to rebuild. There's no such thing. So there's that. like a, let's just call it. it. Let's call it a three year window. Yes, the first three the d de, the deal that they've gotten on this on these first three years where they could potentially win is great. So if you win in the next three years, you're probably fine. After that, the thing is because it's a 35 plus contract. If he retires, there's like full penalty. Like there's penalties that come with that. Right. That's why 35 plus players don't sign long term deals at super cheap amount of money because it's all guaranteed. So you can't like he can't retire and everything be fine. No, he'll LTIR. He'd have to LTIR or or uh, they'd have to buy him out, which would be probably just as 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 bad. Um, But yeah, so considering where the team is at and I can't disagree with the direction that they're going because, you know, you do have a generational talent that you ideally brings a lot to your franchise and you want him to finish his career there, you get a really good deal on a guy who has gotten you there before and continues to be really good. I can't actually hate on this one too much, even though it doesn't pass the standard test because we know, we all know what they're doing. Yeah. I'm not like, honestly, like what six years, I thought it was crazy. And then I kind of saw the breakdown of why they had to do that. And I was like, okay, like, I mean, you were going to keep them on board and that's just what you had to do to pull the trigger. Why wouldn't you try one more time to win with Sid? We'll see yeah. what happens with the Geno situation. Is that and he's, interesting? But Latang is more valuable than Malkin. 100%. And sorry, another thing that broke is Malkin is definitely going to free agency today. Wow. That broke today. I don't know if you saw that or not, but it was just before the podcast started. That doesn't necessarily mean he won't resign in Pittsburgh because it's not like he was looking for an eight-year deal. But at yeah. the very least, he is probably going to end up somewhere free else. Yeah. Or at least see who would be able to pay him. Like he wants probably three years, eight or nine million, I bet. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah. Okay, next up, 37-year-old Marc-Andre Fleury, two years, $3.5 million from the Minnesota Wild. Um, poor Cam Talbot. Yeah, I feel bad for him. Um, the, this deal for Fleury is obviously not bad, like cap-wise or year-wise, like as much as we, you know, as much as I dislike the player and, and the legacy and all that shit, I do feel really bad for Cam Talbot, and I hope he requests the trade. Uh, he... He's under contract, so he's Garen's not going to do shit about yeah. that. So even if the player doesn't show up, and now you have to trade him for pennies on the dollar because your assets devalued, I mean, you're the GM, man. Do what mm-hmm. you want. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's good for you. Uh, okay, where did I leave off here? We're, oh, we're talking right. about these stupid Islander signings that are ir- irrelevant. So we can irrelevant, just but them. we have to talk about them. I'm not going to say shit. Contractual so obligation. I'm not contractually obligated. 27-year-old Philippe Forsberg's mustache signed an eight-year, $8.5 million contract with the Predators. It's a lot, man. Uh, 
that's a lot but i this for the predators whatever that's fine the it's under yossi but over the idiots so good for yeah. him they've got other bad contracts on that team that are much worse than this one and there's yep. probably a good likelihood that he plays up to this value of this contract yeah probably uh okay 26 year old alexander georgiev three years 3.4 million from the colorado avalanche that's a hell of a piece of work yeah and w- i'm just looking back to see what huso is making um, uh, more than that 4. yeah 4.7 yeah so, so and temper's probably so, gonna make five so gorgiev gorgiev's done more in the league than than huso has and has paid almost a million dollar less so yes yep. great contract good job <laughs> Uh, okay, Crazy. 24-year-old Jacob Brisson, a two-year, $1.85 yep. million dollar contract with the Buffalo Sabres. That's fine. Yeah, he's fine. He's a good defenseman. Um, they'll get value there. Uh, 24-year-old Michael Pizzetta, one-year, $750, bad player, but we just skipped that. So. Yep. Uh, 25-year-old Christian Fisher, uh, one-year, $1.125 million contract with the Coyotes. Uh, they are going to trade him for draft picks. Yeah, God, has he ever fallen off. Jesus. Anyways. Yep. Remember when he was a good player in the night? He was a part of the future. Yeah, him, Dvorak, yep. and Lawson Krauss, yeah. Uh, okay, 26-year-old Carson Kuhlman, one-year, 825 with the Kraken, whatever. Sweet. Depth player, yep. Yep, 24-year-old Libor Hajek. Hajek, yep. Hajek, 800,000, whatever. Uh, this guy was another guy who was supposed to be pretty good. He was decent, supposed to be good. But, but he's been passed by by, like, Braden Schneider and... and Keandre. Uh, um, and who's the other guy they have? Keandre uh, Miller. No, the Swedish guy that's coming up. Oh, uh, Dahlstrom. No. Anyways, I can't remember. He the, okay. there's another there's another Swedish defenseman coming up for them who's also passed this guy by. Uh, he's probably got S's in his last name. Uh, it's something Vist. Something uh, Vist. Okay. Uh, twenty-four year old Carl Grundstrom, two years, one point three million dollars with the Kings. Ah, yes, the Muzzin, the the Muzzin return. Um, yeah. yeah, he's a he's a guy, right? He's he's a guy who's been up and down the Kings lineup, like pretty versatile guy. Um, yeah, I mean, one point three million for two years. Sign me up for that. That's that's cheap depth that you can very easily move off of if you need to. Uh, okay. Last up, the twenty-three year old Elias Anderson. One year, seven fifty from the Kings. Uh, yeah, still, still a project. They just gonna fluff him up and trade him or something, or no, no, I that's think it's a one way he... deal, so they gotta play him. Yeah, uh, he'll probably ride the pine a bit, but he's uh, he's penciled in for a light spot on the team. He's only twenty three. Okay, uh, before the podcast. Hey, hey, hey whoa, whoa, what? whoa, 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 whoa! What? We didn't talk about Nuke. Nuke. Yeah. Valerie Nikushkin signed a deal. Did you it's not, not refresh on here your page? yet? It is on here. Refresh your page. Oh man. Valerie Nikushkin signs an eight-year, six point one two five million dollar contract with the Colorado Avalanche. Um, I can see it. I don't know why you can't. I don't know. It's, I refreshed like four times. It's not okay, coming well, up. Well, that's weird. Um, because I can. And this is. Con- oh, this is it came up when I did all. Why? Did- oh, that's dumb. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. I see it. Um, Tyler, so do I-, I keep this player? Do you keep this player? Okay, here here's my thing. That's a lot. That's a top six. I would six say po- like I would he's the top six it, forward now. They're not signing cons- Briarkowski. I would consider it. Um, he my plays whole in all situations. Nik- my whole thing with Nikushkin is, and 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 the thing that I, like when I first saw this, I was like, holy fuck, that's way too long, way too much. This is a guy who, again, 
just had a good season. He's had one good season. Mm-hmm. I was really hoping the Avs weren't going to do the LA Kings of past thing and pay guys who have won a cup just simply because they won a cup with you. If you want to keep that window open, you can't be signing deals like this. You've got to piece together you know, your lines, kind of like what the Lightning have do. You have your little core of players, and you just keep at it, bringing guys in and bringing guys out, right? And you and you make those trades, and you bring in your uh, Blake Coleman's, and you bring in your um, Barclay Goodrow, and then when when they want to get paid, you say go go get your money. Nikushkin's an interesting one because analytic, and this is this might turn into a longer rant, so I'm going to try and keep it short because I know we're going a bit long. The analytics community loves this guy. He puts up good uh, fancy stats year-round. He's really good defensively. He's pretty much exactly what you would want in a middle six. However, when people say, oh, but he doesn't put up a lot of point totals, the analytic community says, oh, you're telling on yourself. You're an idiot. Like plus, Like the plus-minus conversation and stuff like that. However, my issue with that is that when we talk about good players who put up points and their analytics are bad, like Jonathan Huberdeau, he gets too many second assists, we're completely allowed to just write that player off, even though it's the exact opposite of what's happening. And the thing I want to keep in mind is like good analytics and puts up production should be equally as valued as opposed to, oh, as long as his fancy stats are good it doesn't matter how horrible his shooting percentage or how horrible his fit is with the team just because he hits you know a certain amount of points per 60 or hits a certain amount of Corsi or or whatever like it's it's super weird that the pendulum swings so far side to side when in reality it should be somewhere in the middle and do I believe that Nikushkin should have been paid six million dollars a year yeah, like, I mean, he probably, I was thinking somewhere in the fives to 5.5, so 6.1 is probably not too bad. The eight years scares the shit out of me because he has proven to not be consistent. His, like, he was bought out in Dallas, and maybe that was unfounded because of what even what we're seeing with what's happening with Gurionov, but, like, you've got to hope that this guy stays healthy, that his skills don't erode. Like he's, he's known for being a pretty fast skater, hard four checker. That doesn't age well. Like that doesn't age well, right? It's, it's not good. Um, The one thing I also read was um, he's probably going to take Kadri's power play one spot, which means that he likely could put up more points, which is really good. And that's and that's good. And I'm trying not to be like too much of a mouth breather here with the points thing. But like, I think when you pay a guy six million dollars, like you need players on your team that are going to score and put up put up numbers, right? You need to have number getters on your team. You can't just have a bunch of guys who are really good defensively and just like don't produce, right? Like you got to score to win, and someone's got to finish, right? It's the same. Yessi Pooley Yarby conversation, right? He can't finish, but he's got really good fancy stats. So what does that mean? Does that mean we're going to give him $6 million a year too? Like, I don't think anyone would line up to do that, right? The same people who say Kakaniemi was a bad signing as well. It's just really weird how it's swinging one side to the other. Like, I don't really agree with either side, but I also don't like eight years for a 27-year-old. That's just me. Okay. Two questions, uh, one quick one, and then one tiny little conversation, and then we'll get out of here. Okay. Um, how many cups do the Avs have to win over the course of that contract to you for you not to care? 
if they win a cup, if they win any, if they win a cup in the next eight years, then it doesn't matter. Okay. And I, I'm the first to admit that. It's and only I'm one. Totally fine. It's just one. It's just like one. If they cup. win a cup next year, you're like, then, yeah, that was then worth I don't it. care, right? Because okay. flags fly forever. And right. my whole thing, and I was talking to my the Abs fan I know, um, it's the same thing with the Kings, but uh, and and the Blackhawks of old too. The whole thing is, like Taves and Kane. The reason why their contracts are bad is because they haven't won since they signed them. It's not the fact that they make that money. If they make that money and win, nobody cares, right? You've got to win after those contra- those types of contracts are signed. Uh, okay, last little conversation here uh, before we get out for the week. Uh, fantasy relevant. Valerie Nishushkin is a player I picked up in the points pool near the end of the season uh, when I think maybe Randon or Landis Scott got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those two, he was free agent, and I kept him because he basically went point per game for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you keep him over, and you just say yes or no, okay? Joel Erickson Egg. Uh, I'm gonna go through multiple guys. Jeez, so. I that's a, that's even a tough one. Um, okay. Joel Erickson Eck has the de- the proven deployment and is likely gonna be more important this year with Fiala out, so probably him. Okay. Uh, what about Nazem Kadri? Depends where he goes, but probably Nakushkin, knowing who's gonna give him that type of money. Evander Kane. Depends where he goes. Uh, that, like, I need to know where these guys go before we can yeah. make keeper decisions. Uh, but the first Bo- one was... Bo Horvat. Easily for Nikushkin. <laughs> Nick Suzuki. Based on the way that Montreal just drafted, probably Suzuki. Evgeny Malkin. Depends where he goes. I need to see where he goes, but we okay. can revisit this for sure. Yeah, we can revisit it. Sure. Uh, last up, because you know where he is now, Taylor Hall. Uh, Nikushka. Oh, well, they're bringing they're bringing they're bringing Krejci back, so that might change some things. Uh, I mean, again, like I think Nikushin's probably power play one. Like they're paying him to be a a true top six forward, so I think he's going to step into Cowdery spot. So Nikushka. Uh, last one, Sam Reinhart. Oh, I don't really like Sam Reinhardt's deployment in Florida, to be honest. I have to see how that team shakes out from a forward perspective, because like Duclair's gone, Giroux's probably gone, right? And if they're gonna bring anybody else in, depends how far it pushes him down the lineup. But he could easily play with Barkov all year, <laughs> like right. you know. Okay, new coach uh, too. Fuck. There's a bunch of stuff news related that we did not get to this week, so I will. Uh, kind of set that aside for next week where we'll obviously get to talk about a bunch of free agency stuff. Uh, We're also going to talk about some of the uh, notable RFAs who were not qualified, but uh, we'll just wait and see where they sign. And then we'll just kind of give the backstory at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we will, uh, let's just say we'll probably do next week and then we will probably take a month off, give or take uh, for a summer break slash uh, get ready for fantasy season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Thank you for listening this week, and we will talk to you next week. Bye.